2: I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
3: I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States.
4: It's just way more important than you think it is. What Look, and I get that. The holster's not the sexy part of carrying firearms, right? You want to talk about your weapon and your ammunition. You, you want to talk about your safety training. You want to talk about how you did at the range. Oh, look at my groups. I was doing these failure drills today. And all that stuff's really important. I mean, really, really important. I'm not discounting that. But I've known so many people who do all those things. They take all the necessary steps, and then they carry
0: This is The Jesse Kelly Show.
4: Imagine sitting in a cell full of water with only your head above it. In the pitch black. Now imagine sitting in that cell like that. For three days. How's your mental health doing? And with that, let me just wish a happy Monday to everybody. We're going to talk about treason and sedition. I've heard these words thrown around a lot. Well, I have actually found some treason and sedition. I'm going to call it out. We're going to talk about Joe Biden already coming out and committing to slaughtering thousands of jobs immediately. <laughs> Day one, this is going well. And Iran. Don't worry. I'm not going to drown you in foreign policy. I never do that. But something's going on in Iran, and I thought it was really revealing for the modern day democratic party, the modern day left and what they believe. But before we get to any of that, let's rewind just a little just a little bit about 70 years. Let's go to a little place that doesn't exist anymore. It's called East Germany. Now, for those who aren't aware, just do a about a two sentence recap here. Stalin is allowed to take Berlin, thanks FDR, in World War II. That was a mistake. The Soviets then seize a sphere of influence in Eastern Europe. Soviets, because they're communists, again, just like America's communists today, do not seize spheres of influence and then sit back on their heels and say, well, let's just let them do whatever they want. Communists use power. They take East Germany, East Berlin, East Germany, and they force it into becoming a communist place. This is immediately in the aftermath of World War II. Now, this thing doesn't go very well pretty much right off the bat. It's hard enough. In fact, it's impossible to make communism work. It's really impossible when you're forcing it on people who were relatively happy with life beforehand, I realized the Germans had been through quite a lot by the end of World War II and honestly had put other people through quite a lot. But we're talking about the regular citizens here. You've lived. I mean, think about what you've lived through if you're a 50 year old German citizen at this point in time. You've lived through the Weimar Republic, your money not being worth anything. Then you live, Adolf Hitler rises to power now post-World War II. Oh gosh, the communists are now in charge. Your, Your life has been eventful, to say the least. The Soviets get in there and they immediately start locking things down, pushing their Soviet propaganda, pushing their... Total control over society, and it's such an adjustment for people. Everybody immediately, you're in a workers' union, and you're going to work here, and you're going to say this, and you're going to think this, and you're gonna. And it's it's a lot. It's not, they don't they don't exactly slowly work it in. They want it in, and they want it in right away. And by 1950, remember, this is really really close after the world war ended. They start the Ministry of State Security, which is what we're going to be talking about today, the Stasi. What was it? Well, that's actually difficult to say because it was everything. The Stasi was everything. The Communist Party of East Germany, the guys who run it, you know, there's always a council of these dirty commies who run it. They're a party, right? So they're the communist party. They're running things. However, they need somebody to do internal state security because that's what commies do. They need somebody to do external state security because that's what commies do. They need somebody to collect information. They need somebody to monitor things. And when I say monitor things, we'll get to that in a few. I mean monitor everything. Radio, TV, your phone calls, the private things you say to your wife, what your kids learn in school, the products that are sold, the products that are not sold, each and every part of your life must be monitored and controlled. You need an enforcement arm of some kind if you're the Communist Party of East Germany. And so what do you do? Well, it's not difficult. Remember... You have a big daddy sitting over there in the Soviet Union. You say, "Uh, Big Daddy Stalin, help us out. Help us get this thing organized here. And Stalin, because remember, their goal is to spread communism in every part of the world. I need you to understand that as it applies today because the communists are still here. I've said this before. I will say it again. The Soviet goal was not to spread communism just to this country and this country and just to expand a bit. The, the Soviet goal, the communist goal, is to spread to each inch of the face of the planet and they're not happy until they do so. And our communists are the same. They never get to a point where they look around and say, ah, oh, we've this is enough. I mean, I I feel like we're okay now. They don't. They didn't then, they don't now. And because they're expanding communist control, they're more than happy to help a new communist country like East Germany get its affairs in order, locked down. This is how we do things. So they're approaching the NKVD, the KGB. They're approaching the KGB and saying, how do you do surveillance? How do you do security? How do you organize things? And the Stasi, the state security guys, the Stasi... They were a wing of the Soviets. They did things the Soviets wanted done. They wouldn't do anything the Soviets didn't want done. They were definitely their own entity, though. It's 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 difficult to explain it because they're still working it out to this day. The, the Stasi in East Germany. East Germany was its own country, and the Stasi, they were their own state security thing. But they were never going to step out of line from something the Soviets wanted done, ever. And they were really, really, really good. And a lot of this comes to the fact that they were German. Let's just be honest. When it comes to organization, and frankly, when it comes to cracking down on your own people, who does it better than the Germans? The Stasi became so good that when people like Cuba and Castro were trying to get their affairs in order over there and figuring out their own state security, the KGB not only sent their own guys, they would send Stasi guys over there. Hey, hey, Stasi, go get these guys straightened out. Tell them how to lock things down. You know, you do it real well. These were evil, evil people and really good at being evil. Remember, you want your enemies to be stupid and inadequate. You need to fear the ones who are really good at it. Now, the Stasi gets into place, you know, 1950. Things, I, I don't want to say things are going well, but things are, they're they are plodding along. And then, boom, 1953 happens. And there was, we'll probably do a show on this at one point in time. I'm not doing it today. There was a national uprising in East Germany where, they, remember, they're fresh to communism. The people freak. They, they freak. They're like, what is this crappy system? There's no food. Everything sucks. You're in control of everything. There was a million-person-plus uprising of protests and riots. And, it, yeah, it was wonderful. I mean, it was, it was awesome. The German people standing up, the East German people standing up and saying no. But in the end, that prompted some changes. Talk about those changes. And treason and sedition in the United States that I've found hang on I've
5: got an animal inside of me this is Jesse Kelly you're listening to the Jesse Kelly show
4: I don't offer personal health advice very often. Why? Well, cuz I'm not qualified. <laughs> I'm not exactly I'm not exactly the model of personal health. I eat too much pizza. I work out but not enough so on and so forth, but in all seriousness, let me get serious for a moment. Please take care of your heart. Take care of your blood pressure, take care of your heart. I have seen the effects of not doing that in my own family, it runs in my family, and just please do it. Go get Super Beats. You understand what an easy way that is to take care of your hearts? Just two Super Beats heart chews a day. That gives you the cardiovascular support you need. Go to superbeats.com jesse, and that actually gets you not one but two free 30-day supplies, superbeats.com slash jesse. We're going to talk about Iran and what it tells you about the left in America today. We'll talk, to that, talk about that in just a little bit. But first, 1953, remember we're talking about the Stasi today, the state police of East Germany. 1953, there's a national uprising. The Soviets are still very, very aware that some people are chafing under communism. The Soviets do not play around in 1953 with this uprising. It's so big, it's so violent, The Soviets roll in the tanks immediately, and they put it down. And this is something you have to understand about the spread of communism. The Soviets were very, very, very concerned about people hating it publicly. It's part of the reason they were so brutal to their own people inside their own borders, in their minds, yes, it's aggressive, it's violent. Communism is, it is, it always will be. But they wanted people around the world to look at it and want it. In their minds, they're always doing propaganda for everyone else. They want some random country somewhere, Zimbabwe, to look at East Germany and say, man, they really seem like they have their stuff together. So when there's something like a national uprising that makes international news, the Soviets really freak out because they don't want that word getting out. They step in to Stasi headquarters. Hey, guys, mind if we have a meeting? Uh, Yeah, you were doing state security before. You need to do... A lot more of it from this point forward. Let's not have another repeat of a million people uprising. So whatever you have to do to prevent that from happening again, do it. Now pay attention because this applies to how the left thinks about you today. If you're the Stasi, the Communist Party of East Germany, and you just had a display that you didn't like, You can choose one of two directions. You can go look at yourself in the mirror and say, maybe we need to reform some things so people aren't quite so unhappy and aren't quite so violent. Or you can go the other direction and say, we clearly just need to hurt some people to teach them a lesson. You notice what's happening in the Capitol right now? You have a bubbling over of anger at the Capitol building. What has been the response by the American left? Banning social media accounts, tens of thousands of them, bringing in 30,000 troops, high fencing around D.C. and locking down the place like it's a maximum security prison. You know what the response hasn't been? Not a single person on the left stepping up and saying, "Ah, uh, maybe we called them Nazis one too many times. Maybe that, maybe in a way, this is a little bit on us because communists don't change ever, ever." East Germany decides the Stasi is going to be a lot more aggressive. They begin. It's hard to put it into words. Because we've never experienced anything like it. I've never experienced anything like it. You haven't either. They began an information collection thing that I've never, I've never seen this before. I honestly, and I could be, I it could be wrong. So do not take this as gospel. I'm not sure that KGB went to these lengths of information collection. I know they did a ton of it, but they immediately build satellites to intercept every radio signal coming in. They put up planes along their border, recon planes that intercept radio signals, phone signals. They have stations built along their border with Western Germany because they're not only interested in collecting their own people's information, they're interested in collecting all the information from West Germany, who they were constantly concerned about. They're eavesdropping on West German calls, West German radio signals. The mass collection of information. They had an entire system set up to open mail, read mail, and then reseal mail so people never knew. They had machines designed to do it. Wiretaps, hidden cameras on their own people all over the place, and informants at its height, The Stasi had 90,000 employees at its height, but they had 180,000 informants. And when I say informants, understand this world. It's just, it's so evil and sick. It's hard to wrap your mind around it. Informants means your wife collecting information on you and giving it to the Stasi, your husband, Collecting information on you, your child, your mother, your brother, threatened, bribed, beaten, into giving up your information to the government that wants to oppress you. It was that evil. It was that terrible and it went worse it actually and the head of it by the way you don't have to remember this is a guy named eric milka but he was the head of it for virtually its entire existence they ended he wasn't there in the very beginning they dumped him in the very end but that's he really headed all this and why why were so many people on board well here's part of the reason part of the reason is It was a really, really, really decent life if you were a member of the Stasi. If you could get in, it was a decent life. You ate better. The pay was better. The housing was better. Speaking of housing, let's pause on that for a moment. While East Germany was drowning in poverty and misery and just life sucked because it's under communism, They set up something called a forest colony. I believe it's still there to this day. Now, that's not what it's called in German. In German, I'm not even going to try to pronounce this, Waldseedlung, W-A-L-D-S-I-E-D-L-U-N-G. What it was, a forest colony, a forest settlement. You know, everyone else lives like crap, right? This is communism. They took this area, this little area, and it's, it's about uh, 20 miles north of Berlin, and they set up this absolutely stunning little community for the members of the Communist Party, for the leadership of the Communist Party. You can go look at pictures of it to this day if you'd like, and I'm pretty sure it still exists. I think they preserved it, uh, but don't quote me on that. I'm talking beautiful homes. If you're a communist, you know, you're one of the leaders of the Communist Party. You have a beautiful home. They set them up a cinema. They set them up a restaurant, a sports complex. While everyone else was starving, they had only the best foods. Specialty chefs brought in. You're living like royalty, and they had Stasi guys guarding the place like a fortress. Nobody allowed in. You and your family lived like a king. And that's just for that's that's the leadership guys. But other people, you know, the 90,000 people who worked for the Stasi. They eat just fine. The lights are on. If you're with them, just like the system today, if you're with them, life is easier and life is good. And if you're against them, they will make your life a living hell. A living hell. And that that is how you get a husband to turn against his own wife a son to turn against his own father. And what do I mean by a living hell? I'm going to tell you. Hang on.
0: A message brought to you by NHTSA and the Ad Council. Crisis that has been perpetuated, in my view, by
4: platforms like the one we're used to work, Facebook, as well as Twitter and others.
5: It's really hard because what's happening is people are able to seek out the information that makes them feel good. Mm-hmm. It, that is what happening is that you know, people have so much choice now. They can choose what their news sources are. They can choose what influencers they want to follow. Um, and, and they can try to seal out anything that que- helps them question that. And that, I think that gets to a, a really core issue uh, with how our freedoms as Americans and, and the way we have treated press freedom in in the past is being abused by these actors, um, in that we have given a lot of leeway, uh, both in the traditional media and on social media, to people to have a very broad range of political views. And it is now in the great economic interest of those individuals to become more and more radical. And I think that one of the places you can see this is on the the fact that you now have competitors to Fox News on their right, OANN and Newsmax, which are carried by all the major cable networks. who are trying to now outflank Fox on the right because the moment Fox introduced any kind of realism into their reporting, immediately a bunch of people chose to put themselves into a sealed ecosystem. And they can do that both on cable, they can do it online. um, And that becomes a a huge challenge of figuring out how do you bring those people back into the mainstream of fact-based reporting and try to get us all back into the, the same consensual reality. And can you? Is that possible? Seems like that's an open question. It's hard. I mean. I think we got to do a couple things. One, there needs to be an intentional work by the social media companies collaborating together to work on violent extremism in the same way they worked on ISIS. When I started at Facebook in 2015, the number one challenge from a content perspective was the abuse of social media by the Islamic State. Um, And there was a a collaboration between the tech companies and between the tech companies and law enforcement to make it impossible for them to use the internet to recruit and radicalize mostly young Muslim men at the time around the world. Now we're talking about domestic audience in the United States. And the challenge is going to be partially that, you know, ISIS did not have a domestic constituency in the United States Congress. But there is over half of the Republicans in Congress voted to overturn the election. Um, And there will be a continual political pressure on the the companies to not take it seriously. So I think, first, you Mm. have to focus on those violent extremists, and those companies have to be brave in that way. And second, we have to turn down the capability of these conservative influencers to reach these huge audiences. There are are people on YouTube, for example, that have a a larger audience than daytime CNN. And they are extremely radical and pushing extremely uh, radical views. And so it's up to the Facebooks and YouTubes in particular to think about whether or not they want to be effectively cable networks for disinformation. And then we're going to have to figure out the OANN and Newsmax problem. You know that these companies have freedom of speech, but I'm not sure we need Verizon, at and Comcast, and such to be bringing them into tens of millions of homes.
4: American communists are not different than communists have always been. We'll get to more of that here in a few, but how bad could it get in East Germany? Well, remember we talked earlier about the mass collection of information, right? All over the place. Your phone calls, they're listening. You're on a radio somewhere, they're listening. You're having a private conversation with somebody. Even a friend, relative, husband, wife could very well be informing on you to the Stasi. And what are they looking for? Understand, they're not looking for just oh well, he's uh he's organizing an underground network of freedom fighters to fight against us. No. One of the main classifications they needed to arrest you was, quote, malcontents. Not only did you have to be part of the miserable communist system, you had to be happy about it. You don't get to march around looking for your job. I don't like it that there's not enough food in the grocery store. Oh, man, this job doesn't pay well enough. Oh, I, you know what? This building's kind of ugly. That's the kind of stuff that's enough to get you arrested. Now let's talk about the arrest. Remember, they don't want it to be obvious what's happening. They don't come and stop you in the street for the most part, pull you over, throw you in cuffs, take you downtown. That would lead people to believe that everything isn't fine. No, they come in the middle of the night, the early, early a.m. And they're not throwing you in the back of a gigantic Stasi police car, taking them down to a Stasi jail. Don't worry, no. They'll throw you in the back of a bread truck, a laundry truck with no windows on it. They obviously blindfold you, handcuff you. They'll drive you around for hours and hours and hours in the same town so you have no idea where you are when they finally get you to the Stasi jails. They're going to get you to the Stasi jails, and then they're going to start taking you apart piece by piece. Remember this. They didn't just find out about you five minutes ago and then go place handcuffs on you. Mass collection of information. What kind of information do people have on you? How's your Google search history look? Your social media pages? Anybody out there know anything about you? These guys are not... Haphazardly doing this when they bring you into a Stasi prison cell, you're always alone, uh, except in certain circumstances, which I'll get to in a minute. You're always alone. The cell is horrible. Oftentimes, there's no there's no water. There's a bucket in the corner. They would you would go months without showering. I apologize for how gross this is, but there are stories out there of guys peeing on their hands to try to clean themselves. That kind of disgustingness. And they have a file on you. They know who you are. They know about your wife, your kids, your brother, your sister. They know the things you've said in private. They know so many things about you and you don't know what they know about you. They know it all. And they're coming up with a plan to rip you apart physically and mentally Piece by piece so they can find out the things they want to find out about. They are purposeful about it. Very, very purposeful. Maybe they already know you have a little fear of drowning. Maybe you said that to your brother in private conversation out back on your patio having a beer and a cigarette one day. And maybe there was a wiretap there. That went in your little file. Maybe they would play over the loudspeaker as they often did. Sounds of people screaming in pain just so you could be scared to death when they hauled you down for interrogation. Those interrogations were beatings, electronic shocks, the worst things you can imagine. Remember that drowning story at the very beginning? That was real. One guy I read about, five different times he was placed in a cell, standing up, they filled it three-quarters full of water, a water-sealed cell in the pitch black with only his head above the water. You can't sit, you can't kneel, you can't lay down, or you will drown and left him in there for three days at a time. How much can your mind take before it's gone? Before it's gone. The women, female prisoners, were subject to a lot of other kinds of abuse that I obviously don't have to go into. It's just it's always worse for women, sadly. It's terrible, and that was that was the overt stuff. They would do something else when they started to try to move away from killing and torturing all their prisoners. You see, oh, I, I forgot to mention the killing. You know how you would be executed often in a Stasi prison. They would put you in a little cell with the toilet and tell you to write a final letter to somebody. Then they would take your final letter. Oh, it wasn't to mail out. They just wanted one more list of your final thoughts and the people you were writing to. They led you to another room that had some weird shape to it. And as you looked around trying to get your bearings, they shot you in the back of the head. Now, you want to know how much worse it gets outside of prison? I'm about to tell you, and it is sad. And then we'll wrap this up, maybe even talk about some Hot Pockets. Hang
2: on.
0: Missed out? Catch up. JesseKellyShow.com. Wake up and text. Text and eat. Mm -mm. Text and catch the bus.
4: We're going to talk about the treason and sedition I have found right here in the United States of America here in a second. Jewish producer Chris has kindly asked as he cringes that I stop talking about drowning cells and electric shock and pulled out fingernails. I do want to clarify what these people would do, though. This was one guy's story I read. After he'd been imprisoned, he had tried to escape. After he'd been imprisoned, they got him, tortured him, made his life miserable. They then let him out because there was some pressure on them from other countries to let him out. They let him out. And he was still an unhappy person. Remember, malcontent is something you weren't allowed to be. Had a beautiful wife and daughter. So they didn't arrest him again. That was a news story, international news story. They just simply showed up in the middle of the night and arrested his wife. And she had a very rough time in prison. She was a beautiful woman, like I said. The guards abused her. And they also took away his daughter and arrested her, too, and abused her. Finally, they let his wife out of prison And this beautiful, smart, loving woman was so broken mentally she spent the rest of her days in a mental hospital. By the time they let his daughter out of prison, she hated her father because they had brutalized her so badly and made sure she blamed him that she never spoke to him again. Communists are evil. I cannot possibly stress this enough. Communism is the most evil thing on the planet, and you had better fight until you die to avoid living underneath it. Many people have before, and anybody who's ever lived underneath it will echo those words. Communism is evil. And you know what they would do when they stopped the torturing and murder? Because it wasn't all torturing and murder. They did something called disintegration. What was this integration? It went from kind of humorously odd to absolutely horrible. You see, if they couldn't throw you in a jail cell and pull your fingernails out because the world was starting to watch And As we started to move into the 70s and 80s, the world was really starting to watch. East Germany wanted to be considered legitimate. The rest of the world's all, uh, yeah, well, could you stop hooking car batteries up to people then? So they would... Do something really mild like deflate your bike tires every single day. You'd come out to ride your bike to work and they had deflated your bike tires. They would fill up your mailbox every day with pornography. Just a weird way to mess with your mind. They would find ways to ruin your career. They would begin to threaten your boss, talk to your boss. Soon, you go from being an outstanding employee to you're fired. They would worm their way into your wife. They would find a way to have her start to dislike you, fill her mind up with certain things, accuse you of certain things, Lie. They would break into your apartment when they knew everybody was gone and simply move everything in your apartment around just to mess with your mind and let you know people had been there. called disintegration. And remember, they would do this pre-crime, not post-crime. If they even thought you were going to be guilty of something, they would come after you. They had their own prison set up, Bautzen II it was called. It was a special Stasi prison lock you away in the dark forever. They had secret bunkers all across the country with hidden doors. They still exist. I kind of want to go see them. They still exist in case there was another uprising, a place where the communists could, could hide if the people rose up. This went on for decades. People lived like this for decades. There are people alive today Still talking about what it was like to live under this living hell. And these people who are alive today, they're all over, they're on video. You can find audio of them screaming about don't let it happen again. You don't know what it's like. The utter misery of your life. The Stasi even controlled things like the economy because communism it all sucks. Everything sucks. So there'd be a black market for everything, even and I don't just mean like d- drugs, TVs. Food, basic necessities. And they would find people shipping these things in and kill them. I cannot possibly stress enough to you. All we're going to take away from today is this. You don't want to see this in its final form. You do not want to live like this. You see these videos and the way people cry. And the way they pour their hearts out and the way they almost, always, almost universally when they tell their stories, they 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 make sure they give a warning. Don't let it happen. Do anything you can. Do not let it happen. If it happens, your life is over. Don't let it happen. We really, really, really have to make sure that doesn't happen here. All right. Treason and sedition and Hot Pockets. Hang on. You don't have to dip forever. You know that, right? You don't have to smoke forever. And the reason I say it like that is I have been that guy. I, I've been that guy. I dipped for so long. And what would happen is I would decide I'm going to quit. That's ah, bad for me. I'm going to quit. I'm a man. I don't need any help. I'm just going to quit cold turkey. And I would fail time and time and time again. I tried things like the patch. That didn't work. Gum sunflower seeds. I, I tried it all. It's just a matter of finding the right thing to help you quit. That's Jake's Mint Chew. Go, put in your dip. Just make sure it's Jake's Mint Chew. It's tobacco free. It's nicotine free. It's even sugar free. And I highly recommend, just a personal choice, I highly recommend their CBD pouches because it really helps take that extra edge off. Get a Chew.com. That's Jake's Mint chew.com make sure you use the promo code jesse at checkout when you do that you get 10 percent off
5: hey drew scott here and i'm jonathan scott reminding you that life's better with a home policy from american family insurance they can help you get just the right protection at just the right price and help you save when you bundle home and auto kind of like goldilocks and the three bears It'll be just right for you. We love a custom build. American Family Insurance. Insure carefully. Dream fearlessly. Get a quote and find an agent at AmFam.com.
2: Products not available in every state. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, SI, and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin.
1: I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball. From growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's
2: Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
3: I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C.,